Hey, welcome back to Martech Interviews. And uh, this week I have on the show, uh, Jay Bear. This is Martech Interviews, a podcast from DK New Media, publishers of Martech, the leading publication for sales and marketing professionals to research, discover, and learn how technology is driving business results. Your host is Douglas Carr. I got this phone call about 5.30, 6 a.m., was tasked with devising a go-to-market strategy for a rebrand. We knew that we had resonated with those hikers or those surfers or skiers, but we needed to expand our reach and make sure that these people were able to go from the boardroom to the board with our sunglasses. AdRoll was definitely instrumental in getting this new brand out there, both from a prospecting and remarketing standpoint, and they kind of helped me break down how the funnel looked and how we wanted to position our messaging. I was getting slacks from everyone at the company when they'd see an ad somewhere in, like in the New York Times. Everyone was super stoked to see our new content and our new brand uh, creative out there. You know, they definitely helped me shine internally at Sunski from a marketing standpoint. To find out how Sunski and 37,000 other brands grow their businesses with AdRoll, visit adroll.com slash martech. That's A-D-R-O-L-L dot com slash martech. Welcome, Jay. How are you, sir? My friend, how are you? Man, I'm delighted to be here, Douglas. Always great to talk to you. Thanks for having me on Martech Interview. Jay, you know what? I think that you have been on this show more than any other person. Oh, man. Thanks. That means a yeah. lot to me. I appreciate that. I did not know that, but I'll take it. Well, and we absolutely love having you back every single time. I'm like the um, Joan Rivers of, uh, of this show or something like that. <laughs> Recurring guest. <laughs> I really want to hear an impersonation. But... No, you don't. No, nope, I can't do it. Well, and for everybody listening, what was great was I bumped into Jay. Jay was the MC of Uberflip's Connex event, uh, content experience event up in Toronto. And uh, <clears throat> I joked that I had to travel to another country to go see Jay. And he That's lives yeah. an hour apart. Yeah, yeah, just down the road in, in uh, Bloomington. But, um, but I, I got to tell you, Jay, you were so engaging that entire, I don't know how you did it. I, that's got to take, I mean, you weren't doing a presentation, you were emceeing the entire event, which just takes, I know, a ton of energy and talent. And uh, man, you just kept the the crowd light and happy and uh, congratulations. Oh, I appreciate that. Thanks. That's kind of you to say. Yeah, totally impressed. Totally impressed. And thanks. I really like that kind of work. I, I really like the MC thing. Um, it's it's my favorite thing to do. Uh, yeah. I don't do it very often, maybe three, four times a year or something like that, but I really enjoy it. Uh, it's, it's, it is a lot of work. You got to really stay focused and, and be able to kind of read the room. And most of the stuff that I did up there, we sort of did in the moment or planned it out three minutes ahead of time. And so it's a bit of a high wire act, but it's, yeah. uh, it's a lot of fun. But most importantly, because my team at Convince to Convert is the, is the co-producers of that conference. I'm glad you had a good time. Uh, we hope everybody comes back next year. Well, here's what I'll say for everybody out there. Um, I, I love going to conferences. You know, I have that big rack of 200 badges, you know, from all around the world and everything else. And here's what I'll say is I have never been to a more intimate event that had as many uh, just home run speakers and presentations. Yeah, thanks. That's exactly 100% exactly what we were looking for. Um, you know, is is to keep it uh, of a of a intimate size. We are 700 and something this year, 
Uh, we're not going to grow it much, much bigger than that, but have really, really strong uh, content. So thanks. I'm glad it worked. And kudos to your team on that. That that was fantastic. And, and I, and I should say, since the last time we spoke to you, you're, um, you, I keep thinking that you can't get more famous, um, <laughs> but you also entered into, what was it? The national speakers association, like hall of fame or something. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Wow. Um, which is cool. But particularly so because the Speaker's Hall of Fame is voted on by other members of the Speaker's Hall of Fame. So wow. the only way you can get in is if the other people who are already inducted vote you in and they take five people a year. There's 185 living members of the Holland Fame. So it's a pretty small group. So, yeah, it's a real honor and uh, it, it still blows me away. Well, well-deserved. That's all I'll say is Thanks. Uh, every Thank time you. I see you speak, you bring 150% and are informative uh, I joke oftentimes that there are um, segments in our in our network of people that some people are there to sell books, some people are there to sell speeches, some people are there with all of their customer experience, and you, my friend, have all of three of those. Uh, and I think that that's why I appreciate you uh, so much is because you do work with customers nonstop uh, through convince and convert. You do, uh, you know, work on your presentations continuously. And of course you do write incredible books, but it's not one or the other. All of them flow with each other. And, uh, and that's, that's really the purpose around this show. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, it's, you know, one of the ways and really the main reason that I write books is that when I have sort of accumulated enough questions from clients about a similar topic, I'm like, look, if our customers don't know the answer to this, then maybe nobody knows the answer to this. And maybe we should write a book about it. And that kind of becomes the genesis for the whole project. So let's talk about this book. All right. That people need to pre-order as of this very moment. Uh, but let's, how did it, how did it start? How did, what was the catalyst? The book is called Talk Triggers, The Complete Guide to Creating Customers with Word of Mouth. I wrote it with my dear friend, Daniel Lemon, who at one point was the head of strategy at Convince and Convert. And you know, we, we, we kept getting these questions from customers like, okay, we need our social and or our content marketing to perform better, but we don't really know what to talk about. And I thought, huh here is a whole organization that doesn't really have a story to tell. And if the people who are working in marketing for that company can't tell the story, the customers are certainly not telling the story. And so we thought, you know, there, there has to be a better way. And, and it's true that there is um, the best way to grow any business, your business, my business, anybody listening to your business, the best way to grow that business is for your customers to do that growing for you, to turn your customers into volunteer marketers, to give your customers a consistent story to tell. And when you do that, they will actually tell it. And we all know that to be true, right? Like we all know that word of mouth is important. Here's the part that is a mystery, Douglas. Between 50 and 91% of every dollar that every company makes is influenced in some way by word of mouth or customer referrals. And I think we all know that to be true, right? Like nobody's going to argue, oh no, word of mouth isn't important. Like we all know it's important, yet we don't have an actual strategy for it. That's the part that's crazy, right? So you've got a marketing strategy, you have a MarTech strategy, you probably have a content strategy and a social strategy and an email strategy and a crisis management strategy, whatever, but nobody Nobody has a word of mouth strategy. We just assume that our customers will talk about us, but 
will they? And, and if so, what are they saying? So the, the big challenge is that is that people think that competency creates conversations, that just being a good business, quote unquote, is enough to turn customers into volunteer marketers. And it's not. Like the better approach is to actually do something that people notice. And when they notice it, they tell your story. So what we're trying to do with this book, Talk Triggers, is help people do word of mouth on purpose instead of what they've been doing, which is word of mouth on accident. Hmm. And um, boy, there's so many questions in there. Um, Let's take it back a step. So I I totally agree with you. I feel like uh, I feel like even the majority of my business and obviously, you know, you have a much uh, wider uh, influence online than I do. But even even with my small amount of influence, I'd say probably 90 percent plus is is word of mouth business. Now, my online persona and my online work help to build that trust and authority, you know, for people to yep. actually, you know, connect with me to 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 get interested in, you know, what an engagement looks like and everything else. But it almost always every conversion, actual conversion of business is almost always through somebody that I know or a client that I've worked with in the past. Um, so I, I love what you're saying because I, I, I really feel like this is what a lot of companies have had a hard time figuring out over time. And then the other part of it, and correct me if I'm wrong, is word of mouth clients, uh, because you get that personal relationship and I'm, I'm guessing if the talk triggers are appropriate, they find you the best customers too, right? I don't have data on that, but yes, anecdotally, we certainly believe that to be true because if if they're coming to you either because somebody referred them face-to-face on the phone email, or even if they're coming to you because they saw social media, they saw a ratings uh, review site, they found you on Yelp because you've got all fives or whatever, th- that certainly sets it up psychologically where they're, where they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Mm. Incredible. Um, so first step for a company is probably putting together this strategy, if you will. Um, you know, does that go all the way back to their branding and messaging to, to basically create those differentiation, those talking points for their business? I wouldn't say it has to go back quite that far. I mean, the way we think about it is, is your brand is sort of the sum total of all the things that are true about your business. The, your talk trigger, which we define as a strategic operational differentiator that compels word of mouth is a manifestation of your brand, but isn't your brand. So I'll I'll give you an example. Um, A talk trigger is an operational choice that you make that creates marketing advantages, but it's not marketing, right? So your, your differentiator, your talk trigger is not a campaign. It's not a slogan. It's not a contest. It's not a coupon. It's something that you do differently, more so than something that you say differently. So uh, I'll give you an example from the book. Uh, You're familiar, I'm sure Douglas, many listeners are with Doubletree Hotels. Doubletree Hotels has been giving a warm chocolate chip cookie to everybody who checks into the hotel uh, every day for 30 years, right? They they give out 30, uh, 75,000 cookies a day, 75,000 cookies a day. Now, that creates tremendous word of mouth advantages uh, for them. In fact, we studied it in the book and found that 34% of their customers talk about that cookie every day, right? So it's huge. Now, their brand position is warm welcome. 
Doubletree puts a lot of emphasis in the 10 minutes, eight minutes between when you walk through the front door of the hotel and when you walk through the door of your room. That's kind of the the, the brand that they want to own. So giving you a warm chocolate chip cookie in the context of a brand positioning being warm welcome makes a lot of sense. Now that cookie ceremony, that isn't the brand, but it is a manifestation of the brand that people notice and talk about. So that's fascinating, Jay. So, so what you're basically, uh, and, and I, I like recapping because I'm a slow guy and, uh, and obviously, you know, you're talking intelligently. And so I have to take all of the stuff in, <laughs> but, but what you're talking about here is like you said, you're not talking about a marketing strategy. You're talking about a strategy basically to get other people to talk about you and to initiate, is it to motivate those people to speak about you? That's it. Uh, and, and, and I don't want to use motivation in the sense that you're being sort of craven in any way, but it, yeah, right. But if you do something different that people notice and then they choose to tell other people about that, that's, that's all good, right? So one of the keys to the whole talk triggers formula, and in the book, we give you a six step process for how to do this in any business. One of the keys to that is to, is to interview customers and figure out what do they expect today? so that you can then do what they don't expect. Because the difference between what they expect and what they don't expect is the part that's talkable, right? So for example, uh, in a business like yours, which is the same as a business like mine, uh, professional services, one of the key inflection points with customers is when do you get the proposal? Now, what we would do in a talk triggers process is we would interview your customers and we'd say, what do you expect when you get a proposal from Doug Carr, DK New Media, and the group? And they would say, Mm. well, what we would expect is that Doug would send us a PDF. Uh, He'd attach a proposal to an email. That's what we expect. Well, knowing that, knowing that expectation, we can then craft something that they don't expect. So what if instead of doing that, when you deliver a proposal, you do it in the form of a sheet cake and you get custom frosting. So the sheet cake is the cover of the proposal. The proposal itself is printed and put into a laminate jacket. And your client has to, your prospective client, has to eat all the cake to get to the proposal underneath. <laughs> right? Now, that's a talk trigger. That customer is going to tell other people about that. Now, that's not terribly hard. That's also not marketing. That's an operational choice. But it's an operational choice that would create conversation. And the way you find that is by knowing what people expect and then doing something they don't expect. You know, traditionally, I used to work in the newspaper industry and and um, it was forced, right? You know, it was, uh, you know, uh, tickets to the Pacers game and right, right, right. <laughs> you know, and, and things like that. And it was always it was always kind of this forced kind of distasteful, icky, you know, thing where you were basically just, um, you know, almost bribing marketers to, <laughs> to advertise more with your company. But this is a totally different, you know, scenario where what you're trying to do is something that's so original that they can't help but discuss it. That's it. And that's why we why we very specifically define a talk trigger as an operational choice that compels word of mouth. We use that word very specifically. Like when you do it right, you can't help yourself. Right. Like you just have to tell somebody. So one of my favorite examples of the book, because it's so clean and easy to understand, is there's a restaurant in Sacramento called Skip's Kitchen. And Skip's is a counter service restaurant. Very simple. You go to the front window, you order, you say, I want two patty melts, I want onion rings, I want a chocolate shake. Well, then they bring your food out to you at your table when it's ready. Well, their talk trigger works like this. Before you pay cash, credit card, whatever, they say, Doug, 
Uh, let's try something. And then from underneath the counter, they whip out a deck of cards and they fan the cards out face down in front of you. And then they go, pick a card. And you select a card. And if you get a joker, your entire meal is free, whether you order just for yourself or the entire office. Now, on average, three people a day win. And when they win, they go batshit crazy, right? They're taking patty melt selfies and they're calling their mom and they're putting it on Yelp yeah. and TripAdvisor. It's like a whole thing, right? A high school marching band shows up. It's, it's quite a to-do. <laughs> but the impact of this is extraordinary because Skip's Kitchen has been in business for 10 years. They have spent a grand total of $0 and 0 cents on advertising in that amount of time. There's a line to get in almost every day, and they were just named the 29th best hamburger restaurant in America by USA Today newspaper. That's incredible. It turns their customers into volunteer marketers. Doug, have you ever heard this saying, I'm sure you have given your background, that advertising is a tax on the unremarkable? Yeah, absolutely. There's some truth to that. There's some truth to that in the word of mouth world. Well, and I was going to say that, that uh, you know, there's um, there's more than one advantage here as well. And that's that, you know, if if the restaurant, you know, served out one bad meal a day, right, where someone wasn't happy with the service or, uh, you know, every restaurant has that, you know, that one meal, you know, maybe that was overcooked and sent back or whatever. This just has to totally outweigh it. Yes. On a daily basis. Right. Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that. We don't talk about that in the book as much as we probably should. This notion that if you are somehow surprised or it makes you smile or it's talkable, that that also kind of gives you more of a well of goodwill with the customers. The only time we really talk about that is is with my friend Glenn Gorab. And Glenn's an oral surgeon in Clifton, New Jersey. And he operates in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut tri-state area. So there's hundreds of oral surgeons in that region, hundreds. He has the highest reviews and he is the only one, and he knows this because he's like the president of the local oral surgeons board or whatever. He's the only oral surgeon who has never, ever, ever been sued by a patient. Whoa. And he's been doing it for 30, he's been in business 35 years and has never been sued. Now he says, he told me flat out, he said, Jay, I'm not the best surgeon. He's like, I'm pretty good, but I'm not the best, but I do have the best relationships with my patients. And that's why I've never been sued. Here's his talk trigger, Doug. Every Friday, his office staff gives him a piece of paper with some names and phone numbers on it. Every Saturday, he calls each of those people. He says, hi, I'm Glenn. I'm your oral surgeon. I understand that you're coming into the office for the very first time next week. Before you get here, do you have any questions? Incredible. Pe- people can't believe it. You know, because you've probably had an oral surgery procedure. Most people have at a certain age. You've had a, a wisdom tooth out or a root canal or whatever. And, and if you've got a good surgeon, they'll call you the night after, right? They'll be like, Doug, how you doing? How's the pain? Are you bleeding to death? Right? Those are the questions that they ask. But nobody has ever called you before you ever set foot in the office. Never. Mm. But it's so simple. It's so simple. And, and, and he says, Dr. Gorab tells me that he gets calls, not occasionally, literally every day from new patients who say, I have to drive 12 miles out of my way, passing up dozens of other surgeons, but I want to go to you because you're the doctor who called my friend Shirley before she ever set foot in the office. That's incredible. So simple. 
thank you for saying the word because um, it's simple, but it's, <laughs> it's obscure, isn't it? <laughs> Well, it, that's it. I mean, it, that's the part that's so crazy about this book and the, and the thing I just keep talking about it and writing about it. And I'm like, wait a second. This is in some ways so much easier than all the stuff we talk about in marketing technology and content marketing and social media marketing. And how do I do a better Instagram story and all of this stuff we get wrapped around the axle about it. And how do I optimize my emails for greater opens? And I'm like, yeah, guys, that's all important. But what if we just did something a little bit different that people noticed? Wouldn't that be easier? Do you, do you think a core problem here is that companies have a really difficult time in tracking down where their dollars are spent? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, uh, you know, the, 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 it is, it is hard to use attribution for word of mouth. Right. Um, it's, it's not impossible for sure, but it is harder. Right. And, and so that's definitely part of it. No question that the, and we talk about that in the book, uh, about how to measure, we have whole recommendation, a whole section on how to measure, but we're very clear about that. You know, it's, it's a little, it, you can't just push a report from your Facebook ad console and go like, Oh, here's my return on ad spend. It's not quite that easy. Yeah. Also it requires by definition doing something different. And a lot of companies are not comfortable with that in their DNA. The 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 rallying cry in the book talk triggers is same is lame. Mm. Yet what most businesses do is they play follow the leader. They say, who is good in our category? Who's the best uh, at whatever we do in our market or whatever? Let's try and kind of act the way they act and do what they do. And that's okay but that's not going to create conversation. Like that's not going to give you any word of mouth advantage. So, so that's a lot safer way to go though. Um, you know, if you're going to say, Hey, we're going to do this whole Joker game thing. What if that doesn't work? What if it blows up? What if people think it's stupid? Right? So it's always easier to do nothing than it is to do something. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the, the investment here is just tiny as well. Um, that it's, it, it, yeah, I mean, even Doubletree, right? Doubletree is making 75,000 chocolate chip cookies a day. But at scale, those cookies aren't super expensive. And it's a big, big brand. But they also don't have to spend any money on advertising. Like, when's the last Doubletree ad you saw? Right, right. The cookie is the ad. It's incredible. Because I, I was, you know, sometimes uh, opportunities come up for our clients. We had, in fact, this October, I'm taking all of my customers to go meet Tony Dungy. I actually got... Nice. You know, through a backdoor uh, relationship with a friend of mine, you know, he's doing a luncheon here in Indianapolis and he offered me, you know, hey, if you want to buy a table. And that was the first thing I thought of was not bringing my friends. <laughs> you know, I was, right. I was thinking, you know, he's beloved here in Indianapolis. I was thinking, God, you know, this would be the perfect thing to invite my clients to. And and then, of course, I, I'm not I'm not forcing this, obviously, you know, but I know what's going to happen. They're all going to take pictures with them. They're all going to share it. They're all going to thank me online. And now other people that, you know, are going to be kicking themselves that they weren't my customers. Well, and that's, that's, what's great about, about online and social. We talk about this in the book that one of the, you know, word of mouth and social media work together very, very nicely because social is how you amplify that trigger, right? You just sort of remind people subtly in many cases, hopefully subtly that you do something a little different. Like every once in a while, if you just look in their feed, not, not a ton, cause you don't want to beat people over the head with it. Cause that's annoying. But every once in a while, Doubletree will just remind you with a tweet that, Hey, where are the guys with the cookies? Yeah, right? just great. enough, right? Yeah. Just enough. And, and that's the way to, that's the way to play it for sure. Well, and I'm sure that that just brings back everybody's fond memories where they, 
they have to comment and share, right? They have to go, man, I, the first time I stated a double tree, That's I couldn't it. believe it. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. If you go to, if you go to Twitter and just, and search double tree plus cookie, you, you'll see like poems and songs <laughs> and oaths and like, I mean, people freak out about these cookies and, and there's lots of tweets. We've got one in the book, but there's lots of tweets where people say some version of these words. I only stay at Doubletree just to get the cookie. <laughs> now, That's look, fantastic. it's a good cookie. Like it's, you know, as hotel cookies go, it is disproportionately good. It's actually great. It's a damn good <laughs> cookie by any measure. But like if I'm picking a hotel, I'm probably going with like location, price, I don't know, price. Do they have a restaurant, right? Uh, is it close to the convention center? There's a few other attributes that I'm going to look at first before presence of chocolate chip cookie, but hey, what do I know? Well, the the, the interesting thing here too is it's a proactive thing that they're doing because you can go stay at a Hilton or Marriott and request a cookie and they'll have it in That's your right. room. You know, but this is That's a surprise right. to the client. You know, this is a surprise to the guest. And it's also a ceremony. Like I was at a hotel in Salt Lake this week and very nice property. And they, I noticed, of course, I'm super attuned to this kind of thing now, uh, a, a kind of across from the check-in desk. They had like the the jug of fancy water that hotels have. Now they had like fancy water and then they had just like a plate of cookies. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Um, but it's different than how Doubletree does it because Doubletree presents you with the cookie, right? It is a cookie ceremony. And that 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 activity of giving it to you uh hand to hand is is what makes it special and and in fact increases its memorability and its talkability. What's the nuanced difference between a talk trigger and starting a custom, you know, customer advocacy program? Well, in a customer advocacy program, you're typically starting with the people. Right. So let's find out who we want to activate mm -hmm. and then feed them a bunch of different pieces of stories over time. Whereas in a talk trigger program, you're starting with the story and the participant side takes care of itself. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So it's almost upside down. Yeah. And it sounds like that, you know, from an advocacy side, you are trying to push. I mean, your whole your whole strategy is to, you know, try to force that out there. Well, and a customer advocacy program is a marketing program. Yeah. A talk trigger is an operational program that yields a marketing advantage. So it's it's not exactly the same, but certainly if you had a talk trigger, um, think about um, Uber Conference is one of our examples in the book. Uber Conference, terrific free conference calling uh, service. Their talk trigger is that their on hold music is hilarious. Yeah. Absolutely hilarious. So much so that people say, I only use these guys because of the hold music. I, I, I wish the meeting didn't start because the hold music is so good. <laughs> like all that kind of stuff, right? It is patently awesome, right? That is their talk trigger. It's massively successful um, for them. Now, if they had a customer advocacy program, and they may, I'm not certain, without question, you would want some of the things that the customers talk about to be the hold music, but a customer advocacy program typically includes more features and benefits than it is just a single story told over and over and right, over. Right. Incredible. Well, your book, uh, I don't want you to reveal too much. I really want to tease the book here so that people go buy it, but you talked that. I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're on the same page. You can uh, find out about it. Uh, if you go to talktriggers.com, uh, there's all kinds of free stuff there. Uh, there's there's PowerPoint presentations. There's book club uh, discussion guides. There's all kinds of free research. There's infographics. There's videos. 
all kinds of stuff. And you can get the book, all the places and ways that books can be procured online, offline, audio book read by me and my co-author, uh, Kindle, of course, all that jazz. And, and it's going to actually help your company walk through uh, how to create these talk triggers, right? Hundred percent. In fact, the the book is structured. I should I should mention uh, in a way that's very practical, and we did that on purpose because look, I just want to acknowledge um, from the jump here that there's a bunch of great books on word of mouth out there. Like it's not like we came up with this idea or anything. Right. Uh, there's a number of good books, but what has been missing, in my estimation, in the field of word of mouth research and word of mouth recommendations is there hasn't really been a system. There's a lot of books that say word of mouth is important. You should be good at it. But what we've done is say. Yes, that's all true, but here are the four things that must be true for your differentiator to be a talk trigger. Here are the five different types of talk triggers, and here's the six-step process that every business can use to build and implement a talk trigger. So yes, it's a, it's it's about why word of mouth is important, but it's exactly how to do it. And when I, we started the conversation, Doug, I said, the key is to do word of mouth on purpose, and that's what we're trying to do here is give people the playbook to make that happen. Fantastic. Man, you are concise to the point. I don't know that I have any other questions. Uh, Fantastic. Obviously, it's full I'm glad of, about that. <laughs> it's full of use cases. I'm guessing Tons of stories. I'm guessing because you're the kind of person that does this that talk triggers will continue um, providing value with new stories oh. and new information. Well, that's time. the great thing about it. I, I was doing a, I was doing an interview earlier today and I said, "Man, I wish I you know, I wish I could rewrite the book right now." Because I've already got like all these new stories that people keep feeding me and new examples that, you know, didn't make the book or we learned about them after the book was turned in. Uh, so maybe, maybe we'll have some sort of a, a video series where we talk about new ones. I, I got to tell you one that you'll love. Okay. This, I, did, I just learned this last week. I was in Seattle doing a presentation last week and a guy comes up to me after the presentation. He's like, Jay, uh, I listened to your podcast and, and uh, I love your show and it was great. I'm glad I got to see you speak and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but there's a talk trigger here in Seattle that I don't know if you know about. I'm like, no, I don't think I have any examples from Seattle. Like, I'm like, tell me about it. He's like, here's how it works. There's a doctor here. His name is Dr. Snip. And he is a vasectomy doctor. He only does vasectomy surgeries. And not only that, but when you leave the office, he gives every single patient a silver pocket knife with his URL on it. Wow. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me vasectomy doctor gives everybody a pocket knife. I'm like, that's the greatest talk trigger I've ever heard. Like, I'm like, that one would have been in the book had the book not been finished when he told me the story. Oh, that's incredible. And, and Hey, whether you knew it or not, but you did a talk trigger a long time ago. Uh, you used to hand out and you might still do business cards that were also beer openers. I do. Yeah. It's actually mentioned it in the book. I still do it. Yeah. A bottle opener business card um, made out of metal steel, still do it all the time. Uh, that's one of the talk triggers that I have. And the other one is my crazy suits, right? So I've got all the crazy plaid suits that I wear on stage. That's kind of my calling card now. And, yep. and in fact, my, my, my tailor, the guy who makes the suits for me uh, is one of the examples in the book as well, because he sews in hidden messages into the suit. So you get your suits from him and then you're like checking the fly and the inside and under the collar. And he puts in like hidden hidden hilarious messages. That's fantastic. Well, I always, great. I mean, I always respected the fact that you kind of perfected this brand and you put it out there. Um, I've been joking with people that I can no longer shave my beard. Like it's uh, no, you, I mean, people, you're exactly right. That is your thing, yeah. right? If you, if you showed up without it, people probably wouldn't recognize you and they'd be like, what happened? Right. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I went to an event like three years ago, man, three, three and a half years ago. And I was, uh, 
you know, it was kind of cold or whatever. And so I wore a different suit, not a conservative suit, certainly, but not as crazy as what I usually wear. And the meeting planner said, I walked in for sound check and she's like, Hey man, where's the crazy plaid suit? And I was like, Oh, <laughs> now they expect it. Okay. Different story. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, uh, once again, tell everybody where to find the book and, uh, of course where to follow online. Thanks so much. All the infos at talktriggers.com. Uh, you can get all the extra bonus content there. The book is, of course, available at bookstores, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, et cetera, et cetera, your favorite independent uh, bookseller on Audible, et cetera. Well, we'd love to have your support. And I will tell you this. I forgot to mention this. We have a talk trigger in the book, Talk Triggers, as you might suspect. Two things. One, the book itself is hot pink and has alpacas on the cover. It's a so beautiful if cover. you see a book with alpacas, uh, you'll know it's this book. But more to the point, on the back of the book, it says these words, Douglas. It says, satisfaction guaranteed. If you bought this book and didn't like it, go to talktriggers.com and send the authors a note. They will buy you any other book of your liking. And we will. Any book you want. You don't like it, we'll buy you anything. You want a first edition Bible? Whatever you want, we'll take care of it. For a first edition? They have those? <laughs> I don't know, probably. <laughs> well, I did watch your video where you, uh, you know, you uncover, you, you opened up the box with your first yes. books in it. And, uh, yes. and, and I, and I'm highly suspicious that there was a hole in the bottom of the box and you had someone feeding stuffed llamas back into the <laughs> I did. It did seem like that, but no, that is not the case. Uh, it did, it did seem like a pen and teller magic trick, but, but that was not true. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, so yeah, that's it. If people, people don't like the book, we'll, we'll hook you up. So it's literally, you have no excuse to not buy the book because if you don't like it, I will not only buy you another book, I'll buy you any other book. That's fantastic. Well, Jay, uh, what country are you in next that I have to meet you at? I, I continue to be in the United States. I think uh, I, I will be in uh, uh, in the U.S. for a while, but I'm, I'm headed over to um, the U.K. Uh, this fall for the Upreneur Summit, Chris Ducker's event. Well, maybe I need to get over to the UK to see you. Yeah, it's a good event. You should come. You'd like it. Well, I always ha love having you on the show. You're welcome anytime, Jay. And, uh, and, and so people know too, you have an absolutely incredible podcast as, as well that people should listen to. So throw that out there as well. Thanks. It's called Social Pros. It's at socialpros.com. It's a show for uh, people who manage social media uh, for mid-sized and large brands. And we'll have all of these links uh, in the notes as, as well. So if you go to MarTech uh, interviews, just search for MarTech interviews or interviews.martech.zone. You will find all the information that you need to go buy the book, to listen to Jay and to see where he's going to be speaking next. And uh, if you see his name on the bill, I guarantee you that it's a premium event that you should be attending. Thanks, bud. Absolutely. Watch for the alpacas. The MarTech Interviews podcast is recorded at DK New Media's state-of-the-art podcast studio at the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis. Subscribe at martech.zone. Sponsorships and marketing services are available through dknewmedia.com.